out there in podcast land. You are it out once again to Combat Sports with Rhino. Episode 192. Holy smokes. Our guest a little later on going 10 rounds of Rhino. Upcoming Dana White Contender Series contender. 7-1 featherweight Angel Pacheco is here. It's going to be an awesome one. I really, really enjoy talking to Angel. And we have a lot of fun, uh, especially when I give him some possibilities for nicknames that he should use so i can't wait for you guys to check that one out a little bit later so our intro and our schedule is as follows we are going to have our recap of tuesday night's dana white contender series a full ufc grasso versus shevchenko 2 otherwise known as nutche ufc uh we're gonna have that full breakdown we're gonna have definitely have our drops of the night picks for fight night fiziv versus gamrot Plus, like I said, the upcoming um, competitor on Dana Win Contender Series, I said, September 26th, I think. Um, Angel Pacheco was the latest fighter to go 10 rounds of Rhino. So, without further ado, APB, it is no longer hot, at least not here. Maybe down there where you are. But no, it's, not it's been nice. I mean, it's warm, but it's great compared to what it has been. Yeah, it's been like in the 60s here and like really nice. So, But we're still going to go ahead. And get our swim chunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. So the Dana White Contender Series um, from Tuesday, of course, at the Apex in Las Vegas. Our first fight, we had Julia Polastri versus Patricia Alujas. And Julia got the submission in the second round in that one. Moving into the heavyweights with Eduardo Neves versus Jonta Diniz. And uh, Jonta got the TKO in the first round. Moving into our only Rhino gang fighter on the card, Casey Tanner. Versus Gene Masamoto, and what a fight this was! Masamoto is a—he's going to be something special. I'm telling you, that guy at 135, he's really young, but he has so much experience. He's been a pro for forever already, and again, I think he's like his mid 20s. Uh, really, really impressive. And Casey Tanner showed out; he did a great job, but he was just overmatched with a spectacular fighter. Uh, Dana was so impressed with the fight; he actually came into the cage afterwards to thank both guys for their performance. Casey got his uh, uh, win money. In addition, even though he lost by UD to, to Jean Matamoto. And, um, yeah, I think Casey's going to get another shot in the Dana White Contender Series. Or maybe they'll even bring him into the UFC on a short notice fight. I'm not sure, but it was really awesome. So, big ups to both guys. All right, moving into 145 with AJ Cunningham versus Stephen Wen. Stephen got the beautiful TKO in the second round in that one. And then our main event was Malik Lewis versus James Liontop. James got the UD in that one. And, dude, seriously, APB, I know you're not a Dana White Contender Series watcher, but, like, start to finish, this was one of the best episodes I have ever seen. The fights were all spectacular. Everybody got contracts. I mean, it was a really, really Were there any girls? Were there any ladies? Yeah, the first fight was ladies, 115 pounds, and uh, Julia Polastri got the submission in the second round over Patricia Alujas. Good. Yes. So the ladies were represented on the Dana White Contender Series. All right, let's go ahead and get into the meat of the matters we like to say around here. UFC Fight Night, UFC Noche, or as I was calling Fight Night, Grasso versus Shevchenko 2. Our first fight, also continuing with the ladies, we had Josephine Knudsen versus Marinick Mann. Um, this one was really one-sided. Uh, Josephine, really good fighter, lots of kickboxing experience out of Sweden, going against Mann, who is really looking overwhelmed and um, outgunned and outmatched in this whole fight. Josephine was able to punch her at will, take her down at will, ground upon her will, but just wasn't able to get her out of there. But she got the very clear-cut UD in that one. Moving to 155 pounds, we had we had former title contender Dominic Reyes' brother, Alex Reyes, who has not fought in something like five years, going against Charlie Campbell. And Alex was looking good at the start, right? He was looking fast. He was landing hard strikes and getting out of the way. And then Charlie just started to unload on him, had this beautiful combo APB, the uppercut, 
followed by a left, followed by a right that dropped Reyes and put him down and out. TKO in the first round for Charlie Campbell, 155 pounds. All right. Moving into the first of four Rhino Gang fighters from last night, we have our girl Jasmine Jazdavizius versus Tracy Cortez, I believe ranked number 14 at 125 pounds. It was a good first round. I thought Cortez was landing more and actually landed a little bit harder. But when Jasmine was was connecting, she was doing damage as well. Swelled up Tracy's eye. Jasmine's eye was pretty banged up as well. From For the most part, this was a very back-and-forth fight. And I'd say Tracy Cortez just landed a little bit more and a little bit harder in each round, giving her the uh, UD in that one, which, again, Jasmine did a great job, but Tracy was just I was surprised bit- at the ending. I thought that Jasmine was going to, like, destroy her, and she didn't. So I guess I forgot how good Tracy Cortez is, or maybe I didn't know, and now I do. When they were yelling at each other and, like, you know, just standing yelling at each other, <laughs> I was like, oh, let's go, let's go. And then and then they did. They got after her for that last minute or two. Jasmine, you know, probably won the third, but the first two went to Tracy uh, without a doubt. So, yeah, Cortez got the UD in that one. Fun, entertaining fight. Big ups to both of them. Now, getting into one of the first bummers of the night, we had Daniel Lacerda versus Edgar uh, Chares. And, dude, Daniel got a takedown and it got stood up. And then Edgar put on like a standing choke, right? He he gets him in, he gets him in that choke. It was like it was like a standing anaconda. Um, Daniel did not tap. Daniel was fine. He was relaxed and he was kind of working his way through. And even Dominic Cruz said, "Watch Tyone stop the fight." Or I'm paraphrasing something to that effect. <laughs> he's like, "He better not do it because these guys fine." And wouldn't you know it? left Tyone decided to step in and stop the fight. And so the fight is over and everyone's pissed and they go to the replay and clearly Lacerda was fine, dude. Like he, he was just sitting in there in the choke trying to figure out what he was going to do next. Um, and so, yeah, it was an incorrect stoppage by ASMR ref Tyone trademark Rhino. And <laughs> it was a horrible call. So they ended up calling it a no contest. I hope that those guys get to run it back very soon. I think it was shaping up to be a good fight. And, Dominic Cruz and DC, DC, I'm not saying this too, he's like, he does this all the time. <laughs> he does do it quite often. Yeah. He does this all the time. And so like, <laughs> I, I don't know, dude, it was, it was a rough, it was a rough scene for Tyone. You gotta let him fight it out, dude. I mean, I know you want to protect the fighters and I know you don't want somebody to get choked out like the way that John Jones choked out Machida against the fence. Remember that? Where yeah. he, he like let him go. <laughs> he just fell to the, <laughs> <laughs> the ground like a sniper and hit him from the rooftop or something. <laughs> like he was just completely limp, like a sack of potatoes. But uh, yeah, dude, you gotta let fighters fight through. The guy was fine. Yeah, bad call by Tyone. We all got kind of got robbed of what I think was gonna be a good fight at 125. All right, moving into 185. We had next the Rhino Gang fighter Josh Fremd versus Roman Kopilov. Dude. Kopilov has come on really strong in his last few fights. That body work, especially both with the kicks and the punches, outstanding. He he bloodied up Josh pretty good, um, and then he he ended the second round with a really hard left kick to the body, which hurt him, and then another punch right pretty much to the same spot around the liver, which dropped dropped Josh and ended the fight. TKO in the second round for Roman Kopilov. He's going to be a menace at 185, dude, as he keeps ascending the level. He is really, really good striker. Josh Remd, you know, he's he's a really big 85-er. <clears throat> I don't know if the weight cut is an issue. I'm not sure, but he, yeah. He really keeps to... fighting monsters, too. I mean, it's not like he just gets his ass whipped the whole time. 
I'd like to see him fight somebody maybe five or six pegs lower than a Roman Kopilov. You know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, Roman Kopilov is like, he's going to be at the top of the division. Yes, yes. He is somebody we're going to be talking about in that top ten very soon. And so, yeah, um, head up, Josh Reb. You know, we we all ride with you over here at CSWR right now. Getting into someone that I love, APB, our girl, Loopy Godinez. Oh, man, Loopy. Loopy showed out. <laughs> was so awesome last night. Like, Elise Reed, solid fighter. Now, I wouldn't call her good. I wouldn't call her bad. I would call her a solid fighter. And Loopy comes out there, gets the early trip takedown. And then a left hook dropped Elise Reed. I thought Elise was done, but she wasn't. Um, then Loopy got on this really deep arm bar. And Elise Reed's elbow looked completely inverted, like for real. Like, I'm like, how is she not tapping right now? I don't know. That and was it remi- creepy. <laughs> it reminded me of when GSP fought Mayhem Miller. And he had a really deep arm bar. He had a lot of other submissions that Jason did not tap out to. And in the post for interview, GSP was like, He's like a rubber human being. He wouldn't tap out. And I'm like, that's just like Elise Reed, dude. She just wouldn't tap, even though Loopy had her arm completely messed up. Um, in the second, Elise Reed got a nice takedown, but like immediately reversed and countered by Loopy. Loopy gets a game. <laughs> Loopy fucking lands like a six punch combination and then picks up Elise over her head, WWE style, and slammed her to the ground. Gets on her back, slaps on the RNC, tap out. Yeah, there was no, like, withstanding the pain on that when you were going to go to sleep if you didn't tap out. So, yeah, Loopy Godinez gets the submission in the second round over Elise Reed. What a fight. We love Loopy. Team Loopy over here. Awesome. All right. As long as Loopy's not fighting Tatiana Suarez. I'm rooting. <laughs> yeah. I'm rooting for Loopy. <laughs> That's why I'm going with that one. All right. Moving into our Rhino Gang fighter, also at 145, Kyle the Monster Nelson versus the very highly touted Fernando Padilla. Fernando came out, and he looked like, I don't know, I think he was only technically two inches taller, but he looked like he was about a foot taller than Kyle. Maybe he just stands up straighter, I don't know. But, man, that jab and that teeth, I was like, oh, he's he's pretty tall. He's fighting at range. And he was doing a good job early against Kyle, but then Kyle started landing that leg kick. And then, the, then he would come in and sneak in a couple jabs here and there. And Fernando started to finally slow down, right? Um, he did get a nice shot on Kyle that cut Kyle's nose. But when you cut Kyle Nelson, he's kind of like, He's kind of like a Diaz brother. He just gets better with blood, okay? So he starts moving <laughs> forward. And then in the second round, Kyle starts throwing this beautiful counter overhand right. And even when it didn't land flush, it was still landing on Padilla's neck, on the back of his shoulder. Like, it was really landing hard all over that whole quadrant of his body. And Kyle Nelson really started to push forward. And then in the third round, I thought the third round was definitely Kyle Nelson's. And, uh, yeah, the, the judges saw it as well. So I probably would have given the first round to Fernando. And then rounds two and three to Kyle, and Kyle did a great job. Got the UD in that one. Again, a very hot prospect in Fernando Padilla, but Kyle Nelson gets the big win. So, yeah, Rhino gang, gang, gang for Kyle. We love you, broski. All right. Let's move into our final Rhino gang fighter of the night, Christos Giagos versus Daniel Zellhuber. Christos did a great job early. He definitely hurt Daniel with a hard shot. Kind of from that point forward, Zellhuber was like, no, 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 no. We're not going to play it like this was really putting the pressure on landing some really hard shots. And then um, he hurt Christos with a really good straight. And then Christos kind of like DC calls it panic wrestling. I'm not sure I love that term because like, okay, yeah, you get hit hard. If you stand up on the feet, you're going to, you know, probably get finished. So it's smart to go for a shot or to try to grapple, but he called it panic wrestling. He throws, tries to throw a double leg. Daniel sprawls out. Puts on the anaconda choke, rolls around through the gator roll, 
slaps on the choke and chokes him out in the second round. So second round submission for Daniel Zohuber over Christos Giagos and Akanda in round two at 155. All right. Let's get into our main card. We had Terrence. I think we already are on the main card. But anyway, let's get into Terrence Mitchell versus Raul Rosas Jr. <clears throat> okay. I choose not to involve in the making fun of how Raul Rosas Jr. looks. There's a lot of that on the internet. I'm not part part of that. I will always comment or, you know, say whatever I think is the truth about his fighting. And last night, he looked fucking fantastic. Okay? Terrence Mitchell is a solid fighter at 135. They come out, they start to engage. Raul Rosas throws a big left hand, which I thought knocked Terrence out. It actually just dropped him. And it probably would have been better APB had he been knocked out because <laughs> fucking Raul Rosas Jr. jumped on him and started mauling him. He must have landed another 20, 30 shots in a very short amount of time, both from Mount and then on his back and on his side. He was just crushing him with these big, hard shots. Inside of a minute, dude, Raul Rosas Jr. gets a TKO the first round due to ground and pound. Really impressive. And we got a question about him later, later on in the uh, Rhino Gang Q&A. So big win for Raul Rosas, Rosas Jr. All right. Moving into 170, we had Kevin Holland versus Jack Della Maddalena. <clears throat> so when I looked at this fight on paper, I'm like, well, they're both really good. Okay, they're both really good fighters. Jack Della Maddalena is going to be at a major size disadvantage. However, his volume is probably going to keep him in the fight. However, I thought Kevin Holland was going to have the bigger moments, whereas Jack Della Maddalena is very solid and very consistent. I thought Kevin would kind of be like, wait in the cut, wait in the cut, wait in the cut, and then explode and really hurt him a few times. It didn't really go that way. It was really more of, Kevin Holland trying to stay on the outside, stick and move, hit, not get hit. And Jack Della Maddalena moving forward with leg kicks, moving forward with body shots, moving forward with three, four, five punch combinations. And then Kevin Holland coming back with counters, straight rights. It was a very back and forth, very close fight. It ended up being a split decision for Jack Della Maddalena, which I can't even argue with APB. I thought it was a super close fight. Could have gone either way. So, yeah, yeah. JD, JDM got the split decision in that one at 170. All right. Let's move into – oh, man. Let's move into the fight of the night. <laughs> let's move into the main event. 125-pound belt on the line. Our former champion, Valentina Shevchenko. Versus current champion, Alex. You like that pause for dramatic effect? <laughs> <laughs> current champion, Alexa Grasso. <clears throat> so, when I watched it last night, APB – Again, this is the rematch from the last time when Grasso took Shevchenko's belt with the uh, rear naked choke. I thought last night when I watched this fight, I thought Shevchenko won the fight. I thought oh, really? that with the takedowns and with the uh, – I thought she had more striking. I thought Valentina won the fight last night. I'll keep in mind, I've said that three times. Last night, I thought Valentina Shevchenko won this fight. However, watching it today, and I took much more clear <laughs> notes today than I did late last night as I was fighting off the sleep. So – both fighters were kind of feeling each other out early in round one. A sp like a late spinning takedown for Valentina where she literally did like a dosi -si do with Alexa Grasso and they spun around a couple times and kind of took her down that way. Uh, ended up, the, ended up uh, you know, on top. In the second round, a really good right counter put Val on her ass. Like, flipped her backwards. Like, she, you know, did like the backwards roll yeah. to get back up to her feet. And then when she tried to come back from that, they got really close to the clinch, and then the dirty boxing from Grosso was just sick. Uppercut, uppercut, you know, inside elbow, uppercut again, you know, a few more punches to the side of the head. 
But as she was doing that, then Val got a takedown, was letting some ground and pound. But from bottom, Grasso was doing some She did really damage, good work. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then she had really that up work. kick, too, that nasty yeah, kick. Mm-hmm. Which, but really, Herb Dean just did them up, I thought, whenever there was so much time you know, spent on the bottom with Alexa just kicking. Sure, you should have heard the pop, and I don't mean you, I mean anybody who didn't watch that, said the pop that the crowd hit from that up kick was awesome. Yeah. It was like, ah! <laughs> like, it was really a <laughs> grosso crowd, it was a lot of fun, so yeah, very fun, second round. Uh, in the third, Val got another takedown, she got the mounted guillotine attempt, but was unable to pull it off, she then took the back, a few rear naked choke attempts, but and like a late arm bar attempt, but yeah, Val pretty much out grappled and tried submissions um, for that whole third round. In the fourth, it was really like, it was really fun to watch Grasso getting off a little bit more in the fourth round. She landed a beautiful knee. Um, so Valentina like went to her, went down like she was going to take her down and she couldn't. So then she had one hand in on the ground, but like Alexa was pushing her back. Right. So her hand could not stay consistently on the ground as a down fighter, which by the mm-hmm. way, I hate when people do that. I don't like that rule at all. I don't care if your hands on the ground. There should be knees on the ground. And that anyway, I don't care. But like, I hate that rule. So she was trying to really like play up. They're like, oh, my hands on the ground. Like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Alexa Grasso was pushing her back and throwing knee after knee after knee, hitting her right in the right in the head, which I love. Nothing super damaging, of course. But like, it was really fun. Um, I enjoyed that. And then I got the takedown. But then Val had the reversal, some nice punches from Val. And then she also got a takedown as well. Uh, then the pace slowed pretty early, you know, for the first part of the fifth. Val initiated some grappling, but Grasso, like, did a nice little slick move where she kind of ducked underneath, even though her arm was trapped, and then slid behind her and took her down. Tried the rear naked choke. We thought, oh, my God, if she gets another rear naked choke on her, that would be amazing. Some ground and pound from back. So, again, the the officials called this, the officials, the judges called this a draw, right? 48-47 for Grasso, 48-47 for Shevchenko, and then Mikey Bell, 47-47 draw so it was a split draw when i watched it last night i gave it to val three to two right so 48 47 when i watched it today i was leaning a little bit more towards Carrasso. yeah because i thought she was landing i thought she was doing more damage with her shots than mm-hmm. val was so again I, if it's something i've watched twice and i had two different outcomes as i watched it i could completely <laughs> go along with okay split draw you know what i Absolutely. mean it was so close right mm-hmm is that kind of how you thought about it, APB? Yeah, well, last night I kept falling asleep during it, so I watched a little bit of every round, but not enough to know who won any of the rounds. Like, I would wake up, and then Grasso would be about to get submitted, and then I would wake up, and then Valentina would be <laughs> about to be submitted. So whenever they said at the end it was a draw, I was like, okay, but I, I was right. going to watch it this morning. <laughs> so this morning watching it, I thought that Grasso won uh, three rounds to two rounds, but it, there is very close. I mean, I could see anyway, you know, it was yeah. a close fight. It was a good fight. It was a really entertaining fight. You know what I mean? I really enjoyed last night. Here's the problem. And you and I both share this problem. We're over 40 and we work full-time jobs. So to stay up really late some nights, it's hard to do. And so I watched it with kind of, you know, tired eyes last night. And then I watched mm-hmm. it with very clear eyes this morning. And so, again, I got two totally different outcomes. And uh, but, but, again, both times I watched it, really entertaining. Shout out and kudos to both ladies who really put it on the line last night. Great stuff. All right. So let's go ahead and get into our drops of the night. Mine comes from Raul Rosas Jr., who had that beautiful left uh, to start over the ground and pound onslaught on Terrence Mitchell. So Raul Rosas Jr. gets my drop of the night. Did you have a different one, APB? No, I picked him, too. Yeah, he, he, he had a pretty great drop. 
Yes, he did. And again, we have a question about him a little bit around the Ronald Gang Q&A. So let's stay tuned for that. All right. The train keeps on a moving, as we all know. Let's go ahead and get our picks for Fight Night Fizzy, or Fizzy, I should say, versus Gamrot. Uh, 145 pounds. I got Charles L. Jordan beating Ricardo Ramos by TKO in the third round. What say you, APB? I have Ramos with an arm triangle choke in round two. All righty, we're going to move to 170. We've got Rhino Gang member AJ Fletcher, the ghost, going against Brian Battle. I think this is going to be a very close fight, very good fight, entertaining, but I got AJ Fletcher winning by UD in that one. What say you? I have Battle with the round one TKO. Man, you're a hater. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be wrong. I'm wrong a lot if it makes you feel better. Uh, let's move into 150 pounds. We got Maria. Oh, this hurts for me, but it's the same. It's true. <laughs> we got, I got Marina Rodriguez uh, beating Michelle Waterson by a very close decision, but I still think Marina Rodriguez is going to, uh, going to get her in that one. So sorry, Karate Hottie. And this may be your last one. We don't know, but we'll see. So yeah, I got Marina Rodriguez beating Karate Hottie by decision in that one. What about you? I have Marina with the TKO in round three. So oh, you got to finish. Mm-hmm. I got to finish. All right. Moving at 145 pounds, you got your your statesman, Bryce oh, Mitchell versus. Come on Kennedy. now. Now who's being mean? Now you're getting me back. <laughs> that was definitely a counter punch to the AJ <laughs> Fletcher and karate. <laughs> so yes, Bryce Mitchell, uh, you know, restored restored testicle sack and all. Going against our guy, Dan 50K Ige. I do think they're going to be getting Dan Ige is going to beat the shit out of him a few times, but I do think in the end, Bryce's grappling is what's going to be the end. So I really think that Bryce Mitchell is going to get a late submission in the third round. So I'm going rear naked choke. Dan Ige loses to Bryce Mitchell. I hate to say it, but it's true. So that's my call on that. What about you, APB? Ew. I have Dan Ige with a clean KO over Brass stupid ass Mitchell in round two. <laughs> I think he missed out. That would have been a really good nickname for him. It would have been stup- stupid ass Mitchell. Mitchell. It has a ring to it, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It kind of rolls off the tongue nicely. <laughs> All right, so let's go to get our main event, which I think is gonna be awesome. And I really am going back and forth. You know, get Mateusz Gamrot, twenty-two and two, I believe is his record against Rafael Fiziev, who I believe is thirteen and two or twelve and two, something like that. But they're both super fun, exciting fighters. I think this was gonna be awesome while it lasts. And originally, I was gonna go with Mateusz Gamrot, but I'm going the opposite way. I'm going Rafael Fiziev by KO in the fifth round. And KPB, you're gonna like this. What they're going to be doing, they're both going to be bloodied up and gnarly and banged up and really, like, tired. And it's going to be late in the fifth and then just out of nowhere. Mateusz Gamera is going to shoot for a double leg. Rafael Fiziev is going to corner off, turn away, back up, and on his retreat, just throw up a crazy front kick to the face. A la mm-hmm. Anderson Silva and <laughs> knock Mateusz Gamera clean out, clean KO, late fifth round, front kick to the face. Rafael Fiziev over Mateusz Gamera. What about you? I have Fiziev with a clean KO in round four. So just a little bit earlier than yours. Okay. <laughs> so that's going to be our main card picks for UFC Fight Night Fiziev versus Gamera. Let's go ahead and get to our first question from the Rhino Gang Q&A today, which I know comes from our homie, the Doc. Doc, what do you got for us this week, dude? Doc says, we saw Raul Ro- Rosas Jr. bounce back from losing his last fight to an outstanding first-round finish of Terrence Mitchell last night. He's only 18. Do you see him being in the title picture in the next couple of years at Bantamweight? 
So I really don't think so as of right now, Broski. I think, dude, first of all, I think he's a very good fighter, especially for his age. I think he'll be a successful UFC bantamweight. But over the next couple of years, I'm not going to say he's going to be in the title picture because you got to look at guys in that division. We're talking about Ricky Simone, Umar Nurmagomedov, Piotr Jan, Corey Sandhagen, Aljo, Cheeto, Sugar Sean. Is Raul Rosas Jr. going to beat any of them over the next couple of years? I don't think so. I don't think he's there yet, which makes perfect sense. He's only 18, you know what I mean? But give him a few years of seasoning. Like maybe by the time he's like 24, 25, maybe we can start talking about that if he's continuing to be successful. But no, I don't think in the next couple of years we're going to see him even in the even in the top 15, top 10. I just don't see it. Because like I said, look at the guys that he had to be competing and beating in order to get there. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at on Raul Rosas Jr. Again, I wish the kid nothing but the best. I wish him success, and I think he'll be a good fighter just in the next the next couple of years is just too soon uh, to be with those other high-level elite fighters at 135. So that is my answer on that one. Doc, thank you very much. All right, let's get into our, uh, our homie, Ty the Fly Guy, my Denver Broncos-loving fanatic, Ty. What do you got for us this week, dude? Ty says, hey, Rhino, it's Ty, your Denver Broncos-loving fanatic. What a fight between Grasso and Bullet. Definitely warrants a rematch, but do you think they should fight a third time or keep the division moving? Let me know what you think. I love the show, as always, and I'll catch you later. Peace. So, normally, as I've said a million times on the show, I prefer not to hold up the division, and I prefer to always have new blood. But, dude, I want these two to run it back again. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like Aaron Blanchfield. I think she'll have her time, right? Like, I think she's the better fighter than everybody else um, in the division and deserves the next t- shot at the title. But she'll, she'll have her time, dude. She can wait. I'm all for Valentina versus Alexo 3. It's it's hella fun, dude. They are both really – you never know what's going to happen, right? Like, there's too many times in this sport where you go in kind of having a preconceived notion about what you're going to see. Not necessarily who's going to win or lose, but about what kind of fight it's going to be like. But with these two, you just never know. They both bring it. It's really entertaining, exciting stuff. And I think Valentina is probably, I'm not going to say at her last couple fights, but, you know, she's 36, I believe, and has a ton of miles on her. I mean, you got to remember, she's been kickboxing and competing for like 20-plus years. So she's got a lot of tread on the tires, and Alexa doesn't. But if you're going to have these two fight and be like super high level again, I think now is the time to do it. So, yeah, let's rematch them again. Let's run it back. I'm all for that. So, great question, Ty. We appreciate you, my dude. Now, Ty actually gave us the old double header for today. So, we have another question from our boy, Ty the Fly Guy from Front Kicks and Throw Cuddles. Ty, what do you got for us this week, my dude? Got another question for you. With Alexa Grasso technically retaining the belt, how long do you think she can retain the belt? I was impressed that she knocked down Valentina and never lost composure. I think she has all the tools to be a champion for a long time. Yeah, she does have all the tools to be a champion for a long time. But, dude, we're definitely, for me anyway, I'm not so sure about, like, a super long title reign. Not like like an Anderson Silva, not like a Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson type of reign. Like... We've got the aforementioned Aaron Blanchfield, Manon Faroe, Talia Santos. They'll all be gunning for her if she does get through Val, if they fight again. So, like, I, I like Alexa Grasso. I think she's a really good fighter, and I think she's a good champion. And I think she may have a few title defenses. But I don't think we're, like, entering the great Grasso era of the UFC. You know what I mean? I don't think she's going to rattle off like DJ or Anderson did uh, 10 or more defenses. I just don't see that. I think the talent level's too rich at 125. I don't think she's as dominant 
as some of those other fighters have been who have had so many title defenses and like long title reigns. So yeah, I just don't see it <coughs> at APB for the second time in this podcast. We're going to bring up our mutual favorite 115 pound fighter, Tatiana Suarez. <laughs> okay. If Tatiana Suarez, who has also competed at 125, if she decides she wants to move up to 125 at some point, do you think do you think that she would not just run through Alexa Grasso? Because I do. Yeah. Because I think no matter who that Tatiana Suarez fights, Tatiana Suarez wins. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She's going to take her down. She's going to ground and pound her, and she's going to get her out of there. So, wouldn't that be an amazing to like Tatiana Suarez wins 115 pound title in the next like, year or two? And then she decides, all right, I'll, I'll defend the title two or three times. And then I'm going to move up to 125 to take that belt, too. So Tatiana Suarez versus Alexa Grasso for 125 supremacy at, like, let's say 2025, 2026, somewhere in there. That would be phenomenal. That would be an amazing. I would love it. And you know the crew over here at CSWR is Team Tatiana Suarez. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my answer on that one, Ty. Thank you so much, my dude. All right. Let's get into our homie, the Juicy Fruit Baby from Friends Barn Pod. Juice, what do you got for us this week, dude? Juice says, Sadiq Youssef, did I say that right? Juice is yes. challenging me. Sadiq okay. Youssef. Yep. Sadiq Youssef makes his long-awaited return against Edson Barbosa next month. I can't figure out who to back, the younger fighter who hasn't been active in over a year or the older fighter who has been more active. What are your thoughts on this matchup? First of all, dude, it's a great matchup. This is one of those ones that the matchmakers really um, put in the work and put in a really, really interesting um, matchup, this one. I really like Super Sadiq. I think he's a fantastic young fighter. But you're talking to the Rhino, dude. And the Rhino is what we would call an Edson Barbosa stand for the last, like, 10 years. Like, literally right up there with my favorites of all time. Chuck, Max, Anderson Silva, Francis Ngannou, Robbie Lawler, Justin Gaethje, Fedor Emelianenko, like, Edson Barbosa is in that mix. That's how much I love this guy. I remember seeing him, let's say, 10 years ago, and his leg kicks. Now, keep in mind, I was still an active professional fighter 10 years ago. He was fighting at 155, and he was kicking people so hard in the legs. <laughs> he was hurting people with one or two shots where they couldn't even walk after just one or two leg kicks. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm a pretty tough guy. You know, I'm a heavyweight boxer. I'm a professional fighter. I'm this, And I see this guy who's basically half my size and I'm terrified of him and his thighs look like that of like an NFL running back and he always just had like a very calm cool demeanor about him he never got like overly excited he really just went out there and did violence so dude I am a major major Edson Barbosa fan if you really want to boil it down look at the resumes right let's say Super Sadiq who is a very talented good fighter and again very young uh, he's 13 and 2 his biggest wins are only probably Andre Touchy-Feely and Alex Caceres, right? He lost to Arnold Allen. No shame losing to Arnold Allen. He's a really good fighter. But you want to look at, like, that resume versus Edson Barbosa's, right? Edson Barbosa has beat Bobby Green, Paul Felder, Anthony Pettis, back when he was good, Gilbert <laughs> Melendez, Benil Dariush, Dan Hooker, Makwan Amir Khani, Shane Burgos, and just Billy Q a few months ago, like, <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> you, can't, you can't even compare the two right now. You want to talk about even just going to war. Even fights that Edson lost. He went to war with Tony, with Dan Ige, with Giga Chikaze. Like, even in his losses, he has showed out and been a fantastic 
performer in the cage. So yeah, again, I really like Super Sadiq. I think you know, I think he's going to be a good fighter as they move forward. But we're talking about Edson Barbosa here, so I am Team Barbosa. I think Barbosa probably gets him out of there late in the third round. Um, hopefully with leg kicks, just because I love his leg kicks. They're so entertaining. And then, I don't know, APB, if you saw it, but somebody posted a picture yesterday on Twitter, and I saw it just very briefly as I was scrolling. But Edson, who's always been jacked, is, like, ultra chiseled right now. <laughs> like, I think I'm, I'm only worried about USADA at this point after looking at him. Like, holy crap, dude. He looks he looks super shredded. But, uh, yeah, I am Team Edson Barbosa all day, every day, and twice on Sunday, Juicy Fruit Baby. So thank you for the question, my dude. All right. Let's get into the homie, the Rage Super Tano from up in Canada Way. RSP, what do you got for us this week, dude? RSP has a very simple question this week. Of all the major combat sports promotions, UFC, Top Rank Boxing, Bellator, PFL, One, Golden Boy, Glory, etc., which ones do you feel pass the sniff test when it comes to corruption? Which ones utterly fail? So I think you're going to be a little bit surprised by my answer, buddy. I think they're all clean. And I think they're all clean under my own personal definition of corruption as it pertains or relates to combat sports promotions, right? For me, dude, it's really as long as there is, I'm sorry, as long as there isn't actual fight fixing, like the promoter, for example, being like, okay, so-and-so, you're going to take a dive at four minutes and 12 seconds in a round two. As long as there isn't that, I'm not going to call any of them corrupt. I'm not going to say any of them have a um, have the corruption title attached to them. Is there corruption in the vein of like guys getting title shots they don't necessarily deserve or getting easier fights over other guys because maybe some backroom, closed door, phone calls or meetings? Are there possible like just because of relationships between promoters and certain trainers or certain gyms or certain managers? Of course that takes place. Of course that happens. But if we're talking about like the old school stuff we heard about from the 50s with like the mafia involvement with total fight fixing, like the 50s, 60s and 70s, I I just don't see that with these promotions because they are too high profile. There's too many people involved that eventually if you pull the string, the whole thing would unravel. You know what I mean? It's funny. It's not like we're like doing like the JFK assassination, like conspiracy theory here, but like legitimately there's just too many loose ends you'd have to tie up to keep it to keep it in-house there's just no way you could cover it up for a really long time and so yeah i just don't see any of them being majorly corrupt again on a smaller scale with some small things maybe there's some you know nonsense that goes on but no not as far as like the big deals of fight fixing or um you know guys paying for their guy to climb the ladder i just don't see it i think there's too big they're too high profile and there's too many media outlets and fighters and promoters and managers and whoever else were involved with it who would not ever not be able to keep their mouth shut forever, right? So, yeah, I just don't see it. So that's where I'm at right now, RSP. Thank you very much, my broski. All right, APB. Let's go ahead and get our 10 rounds of Rondo with Angel Pacheco after a quick word from our sponsor, K&R Designs. Hey, Rondo gang. Are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom? or an end table for the family room. We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, 
any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhinos, proud sponsor. Ah, oh, fight fan, what are some of fantastic guests going 10 rounds of Rhino today? 7-1, featherweight, competing on Dana White Contender Series September the 26th. We got my Midwestern broski, Angel Pacheco is here. Angel, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Yes, thank you for reaching out and getting a hold of me. Hell yeah, dude. We are super stoked to have you on. So basically, Angel, the round one with Rhino is always the same for the fighters, and I never get tired of it. I love to hear the background story. What's the origin story? How you first got involved in this crazy, wacky world of MMA, my dude? Yeah, um, so when I was really young, I've always been into, like, the WWF at the time. Now it's considered the WWE. Uh, I love professional wrestling. My uncle, my sisters, and everybody pretty much grew up watching it. Uh, so I was about 12 or 13 years old when my dad, like, walked in the room. He's never been a big fan of it, uh, just because, you know, uh, chosen outcomes and things like that. Sure. But, uh... He walks in the room and throws UFC, I think it was 49 on the bed. And he's like, hey, this is real fighting, not that stuff you always watch. And he just told me to watch it. And at the point, uh, that point, I was like a big fan of boxing. But obviously, like wrestling uh, still kind of had me more so. Uh, <laughs> and then I threw the tape in. I watched a couple of the fights. I didn't understand jiu-jitsu at the time, so like that stuff I kind of skipped through, and I was like, what the heck's all this? And I got to uh, Eve Edwards versus Josh Thompson. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, and uh, it was a good back-and-forth fight. Eve Edwards got Josh's back, took him down, did like a mat return, and then Josh popped back up, broke hands, and tried to like throw a spinning back fist while like separating, and Eve Edwards jumps in the air head kicks him and then follows him down punches him a couple times tko knocks him out literally from that moment i was like oh my god i need to do this i need to try this uh so then uh, i think it was like maybe the next day my dad had boxed a little bit in his life and uh when he was younger he'd always get into street fights and stuff so i asked him i was like hey dad will you teach me how to box and that's kind of how it all started so i can't remember if i was 12 or 13 but i remember I was just starting, like, freshman year in high school, I believe. Okay. Dude, I have not thought about that fight in so long. Thank you for bringing that one up. <laughs> the Josh, the Punk, Thompson, and you yeah. were so good, dude. So yeah, they're both to... great fighters. Yeah, for real. I remember watching um, Eve Edwards on Bodog yep, fights yep. On, on, like, a beach that was on TV at one point many years ago. It was crazy. Uh, so your next scrap on the schedule is for Dana White Contender Series September 26th. It's always interesting, and it's always different from each fighter how they kind of get the news that you're going to be on Dana White Contender Series. Did, like, 
were you guys already in talks or did your manager get a random call one day? <laughs> kind of walk us through like how that whole process, you know, came about. Um, so I, I didn't know for sure, but, uh, it's been a while since I had fought and, um, but I was out actually in New Hampshire helping Rob Font prepare for a different fight, uh, that he was going to have here in Boston, I think, but he ended up taking the Sandhagen fight. It was, uh, I can't remember his name. It was like Sohoi, the Chinese kid. Um, but he was like a boxer based fighter. Um, so me and my wife and my daughter came out here and, uh, we're, we're staying at Tyson's house and I was just sitting on the couch and he kind of had told me I've been, he's been working on it. He's been trying to get me in, uh, since my last fight. But after that, I had a schedule bout. I got injured. So I've kind of been sidelined for a while because of it. Um, and, and just back training and getting back in shape and everything else. So I kind of expected maybe something, either a short notice fight for the UFC or possibly a shot at the contender series. Um, so I kind of just was hoping, obviously, that I'd get the call. And I was sitting on the couch after practice, and Tyson walks up to me. He's my manager. Uh, he shows me an email. It's from Sean Shelby saying that I was going to be in the contender. And uh, they didn't know the opponent quite yet at that point, but they said that they're going to find me somebody with a similar record, similar you know, skill sets, so it's a fair fight or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's how it ended up <laughs> that's happening. That's so good. That's why we ask these questions because it's always different. It's such a cool, interesting thing. I've had a ton of Tyson's guys on the show, a ton of the New England cartel, including Rob Fawn. So, like, it's it's all, I don't know, man. It's a crazy full circle kind of feeling. This show, yeah. I'm telling you, what, uh, you have people on, and you're like, fuck yeah, I know him. Oh, yeah, I know him too. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, like, I've seen how hard New England cartel goes in the training room. So, you can't help oh, yeah. but, get, but get better be with those guys. That's so awesome. So, you talked about your opponent. Your opponent that night is Danny Silva. Um, I'm not familiar with him at all. Do you, are you kind of the fighter that studies tape on your opponent, or do you just kind of say, hey, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do? I'm not worried about him. I'm normally a pretty big studier. Um, like yeah, I've watched, too. I've watched a couple of his fights, uh, things like that. I, I try not to as the fight gets closer, obviously, but uh, I just watch, look for habits, look for certain things I can maybe take advantage of. Uh, but I, I honestly believed, uh, for the most part, fighters are good at what they're good at, and the biggest thing is making somebody fight your fight, right? So. If I go in there, fight my fight, it shouldn't matter. He's going to have to adjust, but I'll adjust to his adjustment sort of thing. So, uh, yes, I, I've seen a couple of his fights. I wasn't familiar with him beforehand. Um, fun fact, I was offered a fight against him, actually, uh, for LFA in Minnesota. Oh, before, really? Yeah, before I got this news. So uh, we, we didn't really consider it because we thought the contender call might happen. And then what do you know? I ended up fighting him anyway. That's so awesome. It was meant to be pre, pre, yeah, predetermined, dude. This was going to happen for sure. So you talked about WWE a little bit ago, and I and that's kind of started my brain uh, going. And talk about like Minnesota guys. Minnesota. If you want to talk about like maybe Minnesota and Texas being maybe the two, two of the most like rich 
states as far as like churning out professional wrestling talent. Like, look who's from Minnesota, like in the lexicon of WWE slash WWF, the Road Warriors, Ravishing Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, like all these got the whole AWA. Everybody came from Minnesota, which is crazy. It's where Ric Flair learned how to wrestle. It's where Ricky Steamboat learned how to wrestle. So wrestling, not just, you know, pro wrestling, but wrestling Amy style has a huge, yep. rich lineage in the state of Minnesota. But you, my friend, are no lay and pray wrestler. <laughs> Four wins from the striking realm. Three submission. Every pro fight you've won has been by stoppage. There has to be something to that, at least a theory that you might have. Or what do you think is the biggest reason that you're able to go out and finish every time you get a win, my guy? I honestly believe it's just uh, my style and kind of the way I, I look at fighting. Um I'd prefer, obviously, to always, like, get finishes and stuff. As an amateur, I had fights that were close, and, you know, I always felt, you know, or fighters kind of like that, where I, I won that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, I've never been, like, super salty about things or anything like that, but it, the way I see it, at least, like, from my my point of view and, like, speaking to my father, he's a big influence in my life, was kind of like you just got to take the re- the judges out of the equation sort of thing. Um, obviously not everyone is, is going to get finished. Um, but I feel my style is just such a pressure style. Um, and I, I'm, I feel like I'm also patient. Like I'm not running into people like Justin Gaethje and just causing a car accident necessarily, but I'm in your face constantly. And I just put a lot of pressure. I, I like to think of myself as like a, uh, like a Julio Cesar Chavez senior, you know, like just always in your face, always trying to punch you, always trying to break you. Uh, I go to the body well, I attack well. And even if guys can get me to the ground, I'm able to get up, sweep them or whatever the case might be and continue the pressure. You know, nothing's worse than working super hard for a takedown. And then the guy pops right back up. So. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, and then they get right back in your face. So yeah, that, that's, like, that's a big part of it. I feel like is just the pressure. That yeah. I, I could totally see that. My friend now, Angel, anytime I've got somebody on the show who does not have a nickname, I love to come up with some possibilities. Now you do <laughs> not have to agree to any of them. Don't get me wrong. You're not going to hurt my feelings and I'm not going to have you say yes or no. Just, just consider them, okay? Just put them in the back of your mind. Like, hey, you know what? Maybe down the road, we'll let the old Rhino have named me for this one. So, these three are the ones that I came up with. The Angel of Death, Pacheco. <laughs> He's no Angel, Pacheco. And then the Archangel, Pacheco. So, Angel of Death. He's no Angel, the Archangel. So, just put those in your back of your mind. You know, maybe someday... I want to use the nickname. I like one of those. We'll, we'll, we'll rock one of those. Just, just put that in, just put that in the back burner yeah, okay, as a possibility. I'll, I'll keep that in my mind. My <laughs> wife always says the angel of death. But oh, that, that's two. I don't I, know. It's I big cosine. I, I just feel like it's so cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I saw it. Um, I saw it not too long ago on Twitter. Some guy in the regional scene, I don't remember which, I don't remember which organization was for, but his uh his nickname his nickname was your mom's new boyfriend. Oh no. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? If that guy's rocking that, nothing's too cheesy for this world. I'm telling you right now, man. I dude. suppose. It's so funny. So away from the cage, we gotta have some balance. We gotta have some fun. We gotta have time to relax and decompress. Just away from training, away from the whole fight world, Angel. What are some things you like to do just to kind of decompress and hang out? Um, for the most part, 
after the gym and things like that, my days are pretty, pretty relaxed. I normally just go home, hang out with the wife, hang out with my daughter. I have a two and a half year old daughter. Her name's Celestia. Uh, I have a beautiful wife. Her name's Jessica. Uh, we just hang out. We go to the park, things like that. Simple, you know, yeah. regular Minnesota <laughs> regular <laughs> stuff, I guess. Um, I mean, if I'm, if we're like going to go on vacation or something, I like to get out of the country. Like if that's at all possible, um, saving money and things like that. Me and my wife have gone to Paris twice, Costa Rica, uh, before the COVID hit where we're going to go to Italy, but obviously COVID destroyed all those dreams, but, uh, hopefully (laughs) delayed them, delayed them, delayed them. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Hopefully after, you know, I get my contract and we can save some money and head to, Italy and check it out. I love it. Anytime you say Minnesota things, I was thinking, yeah, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know? Don't you know? Um, what's the? Oh yeah, a hot dish. I always think of hot. Oh dish yeah, when I think of yeah. Minnesota. And for those of you who are listening who are not from the Midwest, I'm close enough here in Detroit that like I know what hot dish is. I I imagine someone living in like Amarillo, Texas, has no idea what Minnesota hot dish <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah. It's essentially it's it's like a casserole with tater tots on the top, and it's usually a cream soup of some sort is involved in it. And they're cheesy and they're warm and they're delicious. And you'll find them at like a potluck at a church function. That's where you're gonna yep. find a lot of hot dish kind of stuff. Yep. So, so dude, if this is a this is a question that fighters either struggle with or they know right away. So we'll see which category you fall into, Angel. If you were not a professional fighter. If you had to have a different career, if fighting didn't exist, what do you see yourself possibly doing as a career instead of fighting? Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know. It's tough. That's a rough one. I feel like a lot of guys are so all in. Um, (laughs) Like a career that I would enjoy or a career that I just end up having? I think that you could see yourself doing. Now, whatever that means to you, not necessarily that you'd enjoy or maybe one you'd maybe you would enjoy, you know what I mean? But what do you see yourself probably doing if you weren't able to fight got you um like i've always enjoyed like helping people and things like that and i've even like thought of uh, a while back actually like maybe becoming a police officer but man that that's a rough road to go these days that's (laughs) um but maybe like a firefighter or something like that still help people i mean it's still like kind of scary you know if you get into that situation where you gotta you know but fire out or see some devastating things. I have some police officer friends that uh, obviously have gone through a lot of stuff with just dealing with people and violence and stuff like that. So yeah, I know that takes a really strong mental, mentally strong person. Uh, I admire that in people that can do that, you know, and stay, you know, stay good people. So yeah, pro- maybe a police officer, but like I said, like, the climate in, in America right now. That's a, that's a rough job. Maybe yeah. firefighter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe a maybe firefighter. The <laughs> yeah. So, so did we talked about food? Cause I just brought up Minnesota hot dish a minute ago, but like, you know, when we're cutting weight and we were able to deprive ourselves of uh, our favorite things, yeah. it's, it sucks. But then after it's over, you really get to throw down on whatever you want. What's like the one thing you can't wait to have after you've already won the fight, after you're out with your friends, your family, the teammates, you can really throw down on whatever you want to get. What are you going to choose, my dude? Um, Honestly, like, uh, when I'm back home in Minnesota, I'd say my grandma's enchiladas. Her oh. food's so good. Um, But aside from that, probably just some pizza, just a bunch of carbs. Get nice and fat. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, uh, 
<laughs> Honestly, I'm a big sweets person. Like I love ice cream and chocolate and yeah, that stuff. That stuff is gonna. When I get home, I'm gonna have a lot of sweets for sure. That's awesome. Now, what separates your grandma's enchiladas from others that you have? What do you think it is? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I just grew up, I guess, eating them. I mean, my mom makes good food too, but uh, my mom, my grandma's from Puerto Rico, so it's a little bit different. It's not like a Mexican dish. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've, maybe it's just the love I have for my grandma. I'm sure. not sure. But it's just, I love her enchiladas. I love going <laughs> to her house for birthdays and stuff like that and eating her food. So That's a great answer, my dude. I love it. All right, so we've careened our way into the 10th round, Angel. And uh, all you got to do is share your social medias with us, dude. Let us know where we can find you on social media so we can follow you, keep tabs on your career moving forward, and all become fans uh, you know, of Angel Pacheco as he moves forward in his career. Yeah, on Facebook, I'm just Angel Pacheco. Um, on Instagram, I'm Angel Pacheco, one word, 92, no capital letters at all. And I don't know if I even have a Twitter, to be honest. I thought <laughs> I've made one a while back, but I haven't had that on my phone in a good while. Fair enough. So Facebook or but Instagram is probably the best place to uh, keep tabs on. You see the trading videos, see the trading pictures. Uh, I just saw yeah. a cool one with you and the New England cartel just a few days ago, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, fam, everybody in the Rhino gang, let's follow them along. Let's make sure we check out Angel and let them know we're riding with them and we're cheering them on. on September 26th, ESPN Plus, Dana White Contender Series. Go get that contract, my dude. We'll all be riding with you. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is Angel Pacheco, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Angel, thank you so much, dude. My fellow Midwestern broski, we can't wait to watch you fight at Dinaway Contender Series on September 26th. You're going to go out there and get that contract. We know him, my dude. So we appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. Let's get our shout-outs and our outros to our forum contributors, to my homie, the Doc, to Ty, the Fly Guy, times two from Front Kicks and Throw Guttles, to the Juicy Fruit Baby, to my man, the RSP, the Rage of Sweet Potato. Oh, I just had a burp there. My bad, fam. <laughs> to APB, the co-host with the most. We're so glad to have you back because it sucks to be without you. <laughs> like we had you last Aww. week. Rhea does. And we're just so much better with you. So I appreciate you being back. All right. Thank to you. Some other mem- of course. Some other members of the Rhino gang, our homie Fabian, the man of mayhem. To Miss Fight Diva. MMA by Milliken. Stephanie, Gina, and Shannon from the PRG. Brat, Filthy Casual. Tom and Sandy. Tempting Tory. Jillian, Jason, Chrissy, my underdog MMA peeps, to Hunter from 24-7 FC, Mike Morgan, Cyrus King, Jen, Kairos, Pamela, my Rhino Gang GC, and our newest member, the newest little man. Congratulations, Jess. The screen Congratulations on your beautiful another, baby boy. Absolutely. So brought, brought a new member of the Rhino Gang. Rhino Gang, 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 little fellow. We're glad to have you. All right, Jess, we love you. All right, so get our future play, Andrea. To D. Reigns, the best engineer in the biz. To J at JMMA4 on Twitter and at JMMA on YouTube for his video game, UFC, and MN combat sports content. Awesome, awesome stuff. Great poster again this week, Jay. All right, I just said earlier, it's thankfully it's cooling off a little bit. It feels like fall. It feels like football weather. I hope you guys can go out with, you know, meet with family, enjoy some time outside, wear a sweatshirt. Not be, you know what I mean? But enjoy the cooler weather. I'm so appreciative that it's back. I hated that heat. We all went through it. And as we love to say around here, love is greater than hate. And we will see you next week. Kate Sox!